All right. Well, uh, again, thanks for coming to Nightlife. Uh, for those of you who are new, you may not realize what we are doing here, we have been doing here, is we are having a series called Why Do I Believe? And what we're doing, instead of just having a teaching, is we're giving people, folks, the opportunity to get up and share what Jesus Christ has done in their life to transform it. And so, Emily, as she gets her microphone set up here, uh, yeah, Emily is going to share with us tonight about her story, and I'm going to ask some questions to kind of guide the time here. But could we maybe give Emily another hand? Yeah, it takes a lot of courage to talk in front of people. So um, we'll, uh, we will get into the questions and the, the answers here. But can thanks, you, thanks everybody. Can you hear? Is she on? Good? Kind of? Close? Do you want me to shout? <laughs> Scream and shout? <laughs> All right. Well, to start off, Emily, maybe you could tell us a little bit about you. Um, Maybe where you're from, where you grew up, a little about your parents, that sort of thing. Yeah, sure. I um, I grew up in Iowa, not a native to Colorado. Sorry, guys. Um, yeah, until I was about 13. Then we moved out here, my mom and my sister and I. Um, my parents got divorced when I was five. My dad remarried a woman who was pretty abusive to my sister and I. Um, and then my mom had a series of relationships, marriages. Uh, after that, so um, yeah, and I guess one thing to say too, just about the abusive stuff, it was um, a lot of it was more on like critic criticizing, and uh, it, it it ties later into my story. So I'm going to just touch on this part of it, not the other stuff. But um, that uh, she had um, her name's Karen, but she had three girls, and so my stepsisters, and they, I was. We were constantly, my sister and I, getting compared to to her um, daughters. Like, I was always short, so it was like height was a big thing. It was like, stand here and let's see who's taller. And I was always shorter. <laughs> um, but and, and just they got to eat first and just things like that where we were, I, we always knew we were like bottom wrong, bottom cast kind of thing. So I think that, that ties in a little bit later. So Yeah, no, that's good. Just um, touch on that. So not probably... The that any of us would think of as the most ideal situation to grow up in. But what, uh, just as sort of a point of reference, what was your experience, what was your exposure to Christianity or to Jesus Christ when you were growing up? Uh, yeah, nothing really. Um, I had some friends that like were Catholic and they did something called Lent where they couldn't have soda. I remember soda for a while and candy. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, and I, for for yeah, Jesus. I think I knew he was in the Bible, maybe, and that's about it. Okay. That's. I mean, I. I. We were always kind of were taught that like Christianity, God, any of that was like the uneducated view. Okay. So you, so, you wouldn't say you grew up in a Christian home. Uh, no. No. <laughs> okay. No. Well, so you described a little bit of, of your. You know, some of your parents in the issues there, divorce and sort of thing. So it probably wasn't the most settled home, and you didn't grow up in a Christian home. And um, I guess, regardless of where any of us have grown up, most of us have had struggles, um, things that we've gone through. Um, 
as we're growing up. And a lot of us can really kind of boil our challenges down to maybe sort of a central issue, maybe one thing that we say, yeah, so these things happen, but the one thing I really struggled with my, in my life was this one thing. And I, I know, because I know your story, that's pretty much the case with you. Maybe you want to tell us a little bit about that. About yeah, yeah, I think, ooh, yeah, I, um, I struggled a lot with depression. It started when I was uh, about 13, 12 maybe. Um, I think I just, I, with that whole always being compared and criticized for not being good enough, I kind of always thought, you know, I'd get a B or something and I just like shut down. So, I mean, I, you know, I didn't look like how I thought I was, I wanted to look or needed to look before I went to school and I'd, I'd shut down. I'd get really depressed. Um, and it started, I started missing lots of school. I started pretending I was sick so I could stay at home. So I could just watch TV and kind of cease to exist. Kind of like that. And so that was really kind of like when you were a preteen yeah. and then you got to be a teenager and in high school. And how did that really kind of affect relationships with people and family? And right. So we moved to um, Denver. Um, when I was I was heading into eighth grade, um, and it's it's funny because I you know Iowa public schools are like really good they're like the top in the country and so I went and I went from there and just having a pretty good friend group even though I was still having starting to have some issues but to um, eighth grade out here in the DPS which was like kind of. I, I call Iowa like this bubble of ignorance, kind of in a good way, in a good way, like <laughs> in a good Nobody's way. Nobody here is from Iowa, right? No, I, I don't mean that in a bad way, because like I totally, I love Iowa, I love, you know, being from there, but, you know, I mean, face, coming into like an inner city school was, there's a lot of stuff there, and it, it just, it, so my depression just escalated. I was staying home from school quite a bit. I would just leave class and go to the nurse and say, I need my mom to come pick me up and just leave. And so I got into high school and uh, I started going to like a, a private high school. It was real small because I, I started in at GW, but it was just so big and I was missing tons of school. So mom was like, let's try, let's try like a smaller school. So, so there's a question about relationships. Yeah. And so how did it affect relationships? Yeah. So I, I kind of always grew up with this mentality that I needed to, um, um, you know, attract boys and to, uh, hold on to a guy like date. So, um, so I got into this private high school. I started dating a guy. It was really serious, and for like two years, it was really good. I like hardly missed any school because I wanted to go to see him, and it was like really serious. And so that was like what I thought was it. Yeah. So you kind of would you say you started maybe not obsessing about relationships, but. Well, definitely about this relationship, okay. yes, for this sure. This in particular. Mm -hmm. So you're battling depression with this, but you know all these good things. This was a good relationship in your mind. You knew it couldn't last, right? What? No, I didn't. I thought it would you last. You thought it would last. Yeah. <laughs> and so what, what, I know there was a low point coming up. What was that low point? Yeah, so he, um, he went on a, between my uh, junior and senior year, he went on a trip and um, cheated on me and when he came back he told me and I just fell apart like I I could barely 
I could barely get out of bed to go to class because I knew I'd see him and it was just, yeah, so senior year was rough. I actually ended up dropping out and getting my GED um, because I couldn't like stand to be there. So you were at this low point and what oh, sort of was your really reaction? Low this, yeah, did it get lower than that or how did yeah, you respond to it? I, I definitely um, contemplated committing suicide many times but it's it's interesting because there was one time I remember specifically where I was like looking at this bottle of pills and I just there was something and you know it's God now I know that but like it was like I know that there's something there's got to be something better than this so yeah. that was my love point for sure yeah and so from there what you know did God just sort of show up miraculously in your life and say <laughs> here's the solution or what did you just try to overcome it on your own? Like, what was sort of your next steps from that point? Yeah, at that point, um, I, I tried to, well, before I, before I dropped out of high school, I, I first tried to, I started dating another guy who was a friend of mine. I didn't really like him very much, but I started dating him just to make this other guy jealous, and of course that didn't work. It just made me more depressed. And, um, and so then I thought, okay, forget it, I'm done. I'm done with Denver, I'm going to college. Like, college, I'm gonna be, I mean, I, for, by God's grace, I got into CSU. I had good grades, except for like, I mean, I, I had really a really good GED score. <laughs> so I got into CSU by his grace and um, was like, that's it, I'm going to Fort Collins, I'm leaving all this behind and I'm gonna be a good student. Yeah. Yeah, so you got, off, you got to college, sort of a fresh start. Um, and because I know your story, at that point you met somebody who was going to become an important figure in your life, right? Maybe you could tell us about that person and sort of what led up to that. Yeah, I um, I met this guy in the dorms that uh, <laughs> it's funny. The first time I met him, I I was like, wow, he's big. Like that's what I thought. <laughs> I just throw that in there. It's kind of funny. Um, yeah, and. Uh, he, he was just different. He was like, you know, we used to, I used to hang out with some Christians or so they would say. I mean, not just, and they would like party harder than, than I would. So, I mean, so, so this guy was like totally different. He like walked the walk that he talked and yeah, it was really, I don't know, intriguing to me, I guess. And I was attracted to him a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so what, like, he had something you wanted, maybe? Um, yeah, I don't think at that point I knew I, th I thought that. I think it was more just he was, um, yeah, attract. Do you mean like when? Yeah. I think I think you're leading into okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because Greg's heard my story yeah, so, so many times. So, <laughs> so you are, you've been battling okay. depression, and you got this whole yeah. new fresh start, and then uh -huh. here's this guy. You go, wow, this is yeah. this guy is different, and he's a Christian, and right. What? So okay, so we we got to be friends, and um, three weeks it, three weeks later, I told a friend of mine that I thought you know I could marry that guy, you know, I was like I could marry that guy, which is phenomenal for me because. I never wanted to be married ever. After seeing all the broken marriages in my past, I was like, no way. So that was kind of that was totally God, you know, like, like, oh, okay, I could marry this guy after three three weeks. So I told him. So of course, so I you sat down. <laughs> yeah, I invited him into the dorm room and said, hey, I think you like me. I like you. Let's date. And um, and that went over 
Well, it was he was quiet <laughs> for a little bit, <laughs> and then he just he said something that I'll never forget. It's funny because he doesn't remember this, but he he said um, he said that uh, um, that. <laughs> He's like, I, I like you. I do like you, but I cannot date you because you're not a Christian and you're not going, like, running the same race that I am. So that just made me angry um, and was confusing. But, and then he said that I want the, the first woman I date to be my wife. And that was jaw-dropping, shocking. And then also that, um, then he quoted Genesis about when a man leaves his parents, he becomes one flesh with his wife. And I'd never, you know, heard anything like that. And that was just phenomenal. For like a week, I couldn't get that scripture out of my head. It was just chewing. I was like, that's amazing. Like, that's, is that how it's supposed to be? I don't know. I just remember, like, really pondering that. So, um, so obviously there was the, the relationship part, but I think you probably started to realize at this point you had a spiritual need in your life. So kind of what did you do in terms of, you know, how did you start to encounter God, I think, at this time? Yeah, I think at this time I still didn't think. I was I was mad at, at him for going. I used to get really angry because I was like, you're going to this church and this college group and what the heck, like, you're neglecting our, your friends here at the dorms, and I used to get, well, I was jealous, you know, I was jealous he was spending time there, but he would constantly ask me to come to church with him, and I was like, heck no, so, <laughs> um, so one, one day, he, he's like, okay, so our college group is doing this um, study on dating, it's called, like, the Song of Solomon, which I totally thought was a song, I mean, I'd, I had never heard of anything, you know, I mean, even going there and, like, hearing about it, I still didn't think, I didn't know it was, like, a book of like, <laughs> But anyway, so he, he's like, yeah, let's, do you want to come to this? And I was thinking, oh, yeah, now he wants to date me. Okay, like, I'll go because, yeah, you want to date me now. So, okay. So we go, so we go to this, and, and um, I met, like, a ton of, of women there that just were super genuine and invested in my life and just were really kind and wanted to be my friend. And I was like, wow, I don't know girls like this, so... Um, I felt like girls in the past we were always competing so I was like wow they, they're really kind and I mean some of those women are still good friends of mine today so 12 years later so um, yeah so they invited me to this fall retreat they were having um, in the mountains and I was thinking oh yeah like a weekend away that'd be fun you know that's cool so I said I'd go and at the fall retreat um I just, I remember, like, how much I was like, this is crazy. Like, these people pray all the time. They sing lots of songs with their eyes closed. And I don't understand this at all. Um, But one night, uh, the pastor got up and he shared the gospel. He shared about Jesus dying for our sins. And, um... And I was like, okay, you know, here we go. And then he said, <laughs> and then he said, now I want everyone to go outside on the mountain and uh, spend some time talking to God. And I was like, oh my gosh, I just was rolling my eyes. Like, are you serious? Like, give me a break. But I went out there and I sat down and I was like, okay, here we go. Well, like a ton of bricks. I just was sobbing. I just, I made sense. It finally made sense. Like, I was a sinner. I needed God's. Um, I need God's forgiveness, and through Jesus, I could get that. And I just was, I was on the side of the mountain just in tears. Mm. So. Yeah, so that, so that was maybe 
the high point? No, it wasn't the high point. We talked about the low point. Yeah. That was a, the point where you feel like Jesus really came into your life. Um, and so maybe a question would be, so you, you turned your life over to Jesus at that point, mm-hmm. And at that moment, you know, did your depression, your battle with depression, did that just go away <laughs> overnight or what? Yeah, no, it didn't. Um, definitely I was a baby Christian. I had never, I mean, I'd barely... I mean, it was like childlike faith, like, okay, I believe this, that's that's all I knew. But, yeah, so, um, no, the depression didn't go away, but, um, yeah, I felt, I felt for the first time that I didn't need to stack up to everybody else's expectations, Karen's, whoever. Um, so that was, like, a phenomenal freedom that I had. Uh, but it was, I mean, I just started reading my Bible a lot, and learning how to play the guitar and play these worship songs and that's yeah I just kind of kept trucking along with that but no the depression like didn't go away fully but definitely there it was just different it wasn't all consuming like it was before okay so yeah and then so the, on the spiritual side but then there was this relationship side thing like what what happened with this guy who <laughs> has the quiet big guy what what happened there yeah, he. Um, we stayed friends. I moved out of the dorms and into a house with some single women, Christian women, and um, just was growing a ton. I feel like God was really growing me through that. I mean, I'd see him at church. We we played in the worship band together, um, and I remember praying and praying that I would stop liking him because I was like, okay, God, I'm done with guys until you bring a husband to me. I'm, I'm so tired of liking this guy. Like, this is... This has been like a year now, and I mean, nothing had been said since that three-week lovely part. Um, yeah, so we, we stayed friends, and do you are you going to ask about like the rest of it? Or? Yeah, <laughs> I just like, so, well, I was like, so, uh, do I need to keep yeah, going about like, that? So or? eventually, what, okay. what happened was this guy. Yeah, did he, did he go away? Um, no, he didn't go away. <laughs> I kept praying that I wouldn't like him and um, I kept liking him more and then um, so at this point he didn't have a car that worked. I think, I I don't remember exactly what happened. He used to drive this like archaic Subaru that probably just died. So he was always asking for rides to and from because at this point we were not living in the dorms we were at different houses so he's always asking for rides and I would just go pick him up thinking nothing of it even though like we would just spend time together alone and nothing had ever been declared or anything but we would hang out and play, play, play racquetball and do all sorts of stuff well one day the worship leader and his wife sat us down or me sat me down um, and said um, I think you need to talk to this guy and tell him that this is hurting your heart all this time alone with him and I, I was like, no, no, I didn't say that to them. But I was kind of like, in my heart, I was like, I was like, going, okay. And then I was going, heck no, you know, because at that point, like, I feel like he was more important than God to me, because I wasn't. But that, I feel like that was one of the first tests that God gave me was like, okay, well, who's going to be more important in your life? Is it going to be this guy, which it always has been a guy in your life that's more important, or is it going to be me? And so I. I'd, it was really hard, but it, one day when I was driving him home, I was like gripping the steering wheel <laughs> like 
this. And I was, you know, he was just sitting there and we weren't talking and I was going, oh my gosh, how do I even start this? It's been like a year and a half. And the last time I told him I liked him, I wasn't a Christian and that went like horribly. I mean, it went well, but you know, like that was different times. So finally I just like, I just blurted out all this stuff. I think I just went, okay, I don't think I should see you anymore because I can't, like, drive you anywhere, like, by myself, and it's hurting my heart, and, okay, like, I mean, it was just, like, this really, like, all this stuff. And he just, like, was, like, okay for a second, like, whoa. And then he, you know, and I was, like, I was just, I was heartbroken. I was thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm not going to see him anymore. But I was, like, that's okay. Like, God's more important to me at this point. Um... And then he said, you know, I've been wanting to talk to you about um, courting you for marriage. So we can, if you want, we'd like to start that right now. And I was like, oh my gosh. So on the high, like, you know, I mean, God had given me that, you know, that test. And then the blessing came like right after. So it was like, and so yes. It, it worked out eventually, right? Yeah. So we started dating. And then two years later, we got married. Oh, yeah. So he's my husband, Patrick. Big guy. Okay. Yeah. Where he's probably He's probably chasing kids. our kids, so yeah. yeah. Good. Yep. Good. Married. So that's the, sort of the relationship side, and then now thinking back to on the spiritual side thing, and, and going back to the idea of um, depression. Um, so becoming a Christian and having Jesus Christ come into your life, um, I'd ask maybe how is your perception of depression? How has that changed? I mean, I think there's a lot of a lot of us here who either have struggled or do struggle with. Uh, with depression and you know society gives so many conflicting you know definitions and uh, messages about depression but maybe as, as someone who has struggled with and still struggles with depression maybe what uh, what could you share with us as um, something that might be encouraging for people sort of facing facing that yeah I mean my my depression before I knew Christ was all consuming I mean I would it was just a super, super dark place that I couldn't get out of. But, you know, and yes, I still have depression now, but after, um, after that, it's, it's just, it's so different. My, my perception of it is, is completely changed. I just know that I'm, I was created for a purpose. I wasn't, you know, like even when I'm having a rough time, I just, I just pray and say, okay, God, like this is a rough day, but I know you have a, you have a will for my life and, and um, I have to trust trust him in that. And it's just it's just the difference is that it's just not all consuming yeah. at all anymore. Christ is all consuming. Now. So you feel like you have a hope. Oh yeah, peace yeah, absolutely, yeah. And um, and in terms of like other people, you know, I think you know one would be to get get saved if you're not already. Like that was yeah. like a massive. Um, well, that was it for the change in me. Um, but but also like I mean after that I think prayer is just huge and I mean it sounds so fundamental but the I mean the closer I am to God the closer I am I mean when I'm reading His Word when I'm praying you know fundamental again but that's that's when the depression is far away. So it's having having Jesus as part of your life and being able yeah, to talk in a to relationship. Him in that prayer yeah. and, mm-hmm. and read the Bible. Wow, that's great. Yep. That's good. Well. Knowing your story, and I, I know that there's another chapter here, too. Yeah. I know you wanted to talk a little bit about um, sort of more recently, maybe you and your family have faced a sort of a health battle. Maybe you want to talk a little bit about that and maybe what you've seen God accomplish. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this is just last year, which is pretty phenomenal for those of you that, you know, have seen this transformation. But um, I'll just kind of start with 
I wanted to share a verse that God really gave me back in February in 2013. <clears throat> that... I just knew he was speaking to me, but I was like really confused by it. So it's it's in um, John it's 11:4. It said, "This sickness is not to end in death, but for the glory of God, so that the Son of Man may be glorified by it." So yeah, so I was I was like, "Wow, God's like speaking to me through this verse," but I don't know what he's talking about. Like, I'm not sick, and then I was kind of like, "Well, maybe he means my depression because it's always a little worse in the winter, so I'm coming out of that." But that didn't seem quite right. I was just confused. Um, but I knew he was speaking to me through that verse. So, like, and in March, um, my left side of my body, like, went numb. And I'm sure you remember, I came to this small group and was sobbing because I didn't know what was going on. I mean, it wasn't like, like, I could walk. It wasn't like I had a stroke. But it felt like my whole left side was coming off a Novocaine, kind of. And it was just really weird. Like, I couldn't, I don't know, it was very bizarre. So that that went away. I started. I mean, I kept going to the doctor. I, I started having all these really weird symptoms. Like um, it felt like for a week a horse was sitting on my chest, just like intense chest pressure. And then that would kind of go away. And then I mean, what kind of the, the the worst I think of it was I was starting to use a walker because I couldn't. I was so weak I couldn't hardly walk. Um, how old are you? Or how old were, were 30. you? 30. I just yeah. turned 30. Well, I mean, 30 last year in September, so, so 29. Not like 85. You no, said. no, it was, it was so crazy. <laughs> 85. That's a good facelift. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was just crazy. I mean, my, my body was some days would be like racked with pain. I couldn't even like move off the couch. I mean, I remember you guys came over one time and I tried to just sit up for five minutes out in the back porch and I had to come back in right away to lie back down because I couldn't, I couldn't move. I mean, just crazy stuff. Migraines, I mean like crazy stuff. I go to doctor after doctor, all these things. They thought I had like MS, rheumatoid arthritis. They went, I went to all these I mean, crazy things, and nobody could tell me. They're all like, you're just a perfectly healthy 30-year-old who's having some inflammation, and you need to have physical therapy. And I'm like, I'm dying. I think I'm dying. You know, this isn't funny. And, um, yeah, so, and the hardest part about, well, okay, so so I just had to keep, the whole point of this is I had to keep coming back to this verse that he gave me in February that said, this sickness is not to end in death, but it's for God's glory. And that was what I just had to keep going back to. Sorry. And through it, my, my daughter, too, was having... She was six, six to nine months. And see, this is where I get, like... It's just hard. It's okay. Um, my daughter at that time couldn't move much either. She had never rolled over. Um, she would wake up four or five times in the night just writhing around, screaming in pain. So, in the midst of me not being able to move much either. Yeah. Here comes the big guy to the rescue. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. So, um, yeah, so I I wanted to share one more verse too that, um, so there was one day that I was at home and I have no idea where my kids were, probably with one of you guys like watching them, so thank you. Um, but I was lying on the couch and I couldn't move at all and I couldn't even reach my Bible because my Bible was in my bedroom and 
running to or walking to the bedroom would, would have been excruciating pain. So I just um, I just prayed that God would give me a verse in my notebook that I had had for you know years, and I just write verses down, you know. So I just. I got I got my notebook and I um, I opened to this page and it was like super long which usually I don't write like long ones and when I'm re rereading them I like never read the long ones because I don't know but I just I just didn't but I was like okay God wants me to read this so I'll just read it um, so while he and this is talking about the lame man who was just healed this is an axe. Um, was clinging to Peter and John. All the people ran together to them at the so-called portico of Solomon, full of amazement. But when Peter saw this, he replied to the people, Men of Israel, why are you amazed at this? Or why do you gaze at us, as if by our own piety we have made him walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus, the one whom you delivered and disowned in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him. And on basis of faith in his name... It is, the, it is the name of Jesus which has strengthened this man whom you see and know. And the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect health in the presence of all. So, I, I was like, okay. I just felt like God was promising me that someday I was going to have perfect health again. So. so, you didn't know what you had at that point, no. right? You didn't know what was going on, but you found out. We did, yeah. I um, praise God, yeah. That was another through a lot of different events, which I won't go through. But um, yeah, God really showed me that I had Lyme disease um, through many people that had had it before, and they're like, "Wow, your symptoms are a lot like mine." And nobody could tell me what I had, and I was deteriorating, and all this blah blah blah. And I was like, "Okay, well, so what do you do for that? Like, is there a cure? What you know?" And they're like, "Well, you need to go to like a specific Lyme doctor." Because um, Lyme disease is very political, and um, I'm not going to get into that. But is it Democrat or Republican? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> neither. It's yeah. Libertarian. All right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, through um, somebody that I knew through um, some of you, or no, um, Beggar's Gate, I guess. Um, his mom was a Lyme doctor in Colorado Springs. And they're very rare to find, and they're hard to find because they're persecuted a lot. So, um, so I, called, I called them. I said, hey, I, I think I have Lyme disease. Um, can I get an appointment? Well, they're like, yeah, there's a waiting, or um, yeah, but we're so busy that you can't get in for three months. And I was like... I can't walk. Like, how am I going to last three months? But I just trusted God. I mean, I was just like, okay, put me on the waiting list. Well, I, I asked everybody in my small group to pray that I'd get in before September, and that, that was like August 1st, I think, or something. And I called, or it was in July, and then I called in August to ask about Cora because I was like, okay, well, what about, could, could my, I, I'm like, I have an appointment with you. I'm not a patient yet, but, um, but I want to ask about Cora, like my daughter, can it be transferred through the womb or through breast milk? And they said, yeah, it absolutely can. And then it just like was, oh, that's what she has too. Um, and, then the, and then she goes, wait, what's your name again? And I said, Emily Meyer. And she goes, Emily Meyer, yeah, I was just about to call you. That's so funny. Like, oh, you must have been reading my mind. I'm like, somebody was. <laughs> you know, and she's like, yeah, we have an opening in two weeks. Would you like to come? Yeah. 
I was like, yes! <laughs> so anyway, that started the long process of, of healing, and that was about a year ago that, that that happened in August. Yeah, and so since it, obviously you're not using a walker now. Yeah, that I can do this is a miraculous. Yeah. And miraculous. Yeah. Phenomena of God. I mean, yeah, and it really is. And Cora too. Is, and Cora yeah. can walk, which we weren't sure she ever would be able to. And she's yeah. running, and she's like a normal two-year-old. It's you know gets stinkers yeah. sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's great. Yeah. And even <laughs> so, even Pat too is. Yeah, Pat. Pat's been diagnosed too um, with Lyme disease, but he's yeah he's doing pretty well. He's never really had think yeah. by God's grace. I mean, I was the one that they got the worst of it. I mean, I wouldn't have been able to watch my kids go through. I mean, yes, Cora had some some stuff, but thankfully she won't re- remember any of it. You know, that's amazing. Um, Grant has like not tested positive at all. We don't see any signs that he has it. Um, and you know, and he was still able to work. All he had was a little bit of chest pressure right before we we caught it. So yeah. um, he was able to work through it. So I mean, I'm thankful yeah. that it was me. Yeah. So so we have the whole chapter of Lyme disease. Yeah. And then there's a chapter of depression and a chapter of relationship in your life. Yeah. And I think as we as we kind of try to wrap it all together here, um, I'll ask you kind of what I've asked everybody who we sort of interviewed up here. Um, kind of at the end of it all, why do you believe in Jesus Christ? Could you maybe sum up what's at the core of your faith? Yeah, you know, I was, that's, it's funny for me because I haven't been to Saturday night. I mean, I, I listen to Katie's, but that, I really don't know what other people have said, so I think well, that's just, kind of interesting. What would you say? Yeah. No, 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 absolutely, but I just think I'm like, nobody, I mean, I can't copy anyone. Yeah. <laughs> but I was just like thinking about that question last night. I was like, that's a really interesting question. And I think it's like two tears for me from, um, you know, I think it's the, it was that baby step of faith I took back on the mountain that like, I believe because this just, it makes sense. It makes sense why I'm here. It makes sense that Jesus died. I'm a sinner. I mean, it just, it made sense. So that's why I believe then. And I still believe that, all that stuff. And that's why I believe. But now, why do I believe too? I have seen miraculous, miraculous things that he has done in my life and others. And so that's, that just adds tear upon tear of why I believe. Yeah. So yeah. That's great. Yeah. yeah. That's a great answer. Well, it's my answer. Yeah. Is there, as, as we close before I pray here, is there anything else you want to share that you left out or anything? It's okay. Well, no. I mean, well, of course, I have more things to say always because I love to talk. But, um, yeah, no, I think I, if there's anyone that you guys know or if you are struggling, I think, or suffering in some, I think streams in the desert, I don't know if you guys know about this but this is an amazing like devotional I would I would highly highly recommend it and I'm st- I'm you know I read all this last year when I was going through all of this and now like reading back through it I mean because it has like a devotion every day um, is like phenomenal because I just I see where I was I mean I'm like oh I remember this and this was when I was like I couldn't walk or this was when I couldn't breathe because I was having so much chest pressure you know it's like so it's just phenomenal and just the um, the, the passage I was going to read is pretty long, so I'm like not going to read it. But I just just would highly okay. recommend this, um, and just just to say too that suffering. Um, I just have a few different view of suffering now than I did before. Um, I just I feel like it strengthened my faith, and I feel like 
I'm not, I'm, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I'm to the point where I can say I'm super thankful for last year, but um, I definitely can see the massive blessing now because I've never been more thankful that I can walk. Yeah. You know, I mean, who's thankful that they can walk? You know, we all take it for granted, but I don't take it for granted anymore. So, I mean, I just, yeah, super thankful. Good. So. Good, good. Well, why don't, sometimes we, we field questions, but maybe we'll just let, if any of you have questions for Emily, you could just come up afterwards and, and talk to her. Um, just do it one-on-one personally. But why don't, let's give Emily a hand here again. For, yeah, and then why don't, I'll just pray to close our time together. Um, Heavenly Father, we thank you. Uh, thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you that you have provided a means for salvation, that we can have a right relationship with you through your son, Jesus. And God, we thank you that the, that power of spiritual transformation is, is not limited to the spiritual realm, but flows into our lives in physical ways. Um, in emotional ways and relational ways. God, I, I thank you for Emily's story, Lord, and how all of those things are really tied in together. It's this multi-dimensioned, uh, multi-faceted way of, of seeing how your son Jesus can transform lives in so many ways. Lord, I just thank you for that. I thank you for what you've done in her life and what you're doing in, in each one of our lives, Lord. Um, we love you and we praise you. We look forward to the good you have in store for us today and uh, as we go through the week. I lift it up to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for coming, everybody. Hang around. Get some of the best church coffee in Denver. Uh, There's snacks in the back, too. I'm just glad you're here. Um, And we'll be back next week with a uh, to-be-determined personal faith story from somebody. So, have a good one.